We arrive together here, travellers on life's journey, seekers of meaning, of love, of healing, of justice and of truth. The journey is long and joy and woe accompany us at every step. None is born that does not die. None feels pleasure that does not also feel pain. Numerous are our origins, our paths and our destinations, and yet happily our ways have joined together here today. Spirit of life, God of all love, may our joining be a blessing. May it bring comfort to those who are in pain. May it bring hope to those who despair. May it bring peace to those who tremble in fear. May it bring wisdom and guidance for our journeys. And though this joining may be for just a moment in time, this moment is all we can ever be certain of. So may we embrace this and every instant of our lives. Well, these opening words by recently retired Andy Pakula, they welcome all those who have gathered here this morning for our Sunday service. Welcome to those of you who have gathered in person at Essex Church today and to all those who are joining via Zoom, including our friends from Brighton Unitarians and possibly also Walsham Unitarians. More the merrier. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackhall and I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. Since we've been holding these hybrid services, I've noticed there are a few regulars joining us online and we haven't really had a chance to get to know each other yet. So please know that we see you and we appreciate you and it would be great to find out more about how you found us and how you're doing. So please do drop us a line or perhaps come along to one of our other groups so we can have a chat. Whoever you are, however you are, wherever you are, you are welcome with us this morning, just as you are. I hope each and every one finds something of what you most need here this morning. The service today is titled Simple Pleasures. And the intention behind this service is that during these times when the news is pretty relentlessly grim, for many of us there are worries about the cost of living crisis and many other things, we might be glad of a service which focuses on the little sources of uplift that are still available to us in daily life. Pleasures we can access without spending money on the whole. And this morning, we're going to hear some mini reflections from several members of the Kensington congregation, Liz and Teresa and Marianne. And we also have a guest contribution from the Brighton congregation. Matthew's going to be sharing with us as well. But let's take a moment before we go any further to settle ourselves, to arrive and prepare ourselves to worship together. Take one conscious breath. and another. And with each exhalation, let's visualize a letting go. Let's set aside anything we don't need to be clinging on to. We can pick it up later if we need to. Let's bring our whole selves to here and now as we consecrate this hour with our presence and intention. I'm going to light our chalice flame now, as I do each time we gather. It's a simple ritual that connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. It reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. 
Every day brings struggle. Every day brings joy. Every day brings us the opportunity to ease the struggle of another and to be the joy in another's life. So may this little flame remind us to carry our light to each other and to the world. Let's sing. Our first hymn today is Come and Find the Quiet Centre. It's number 21 in the Purple Hymn Book. Uh, for those joining via Zoom, the words will be up on your screen. Feel free to stand or sit as you prefer, but do sing up if you can to our first hymn, Come and Find the Quiet Centre. Let's take all those joys and concerns, both spoken and unspoken, into an extended time of prayer now, which is based on some words by Bruce Southworth. You might want to adjust your position for comfort. You might want to close your eyes. You might want to put down anything you don't need to be holding. Perhaps there's a posture that helps you feel more prayerful. Whatever helps you to get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now, to be fully present in this sacred time and space, with ourselves, with each other, and with that which is both within us and beyond us. 
spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. As we turn our full attention to you, the light within and without, we tune into the depths of this life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all so intimately connected. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the very centre of our being. At moments like this, we gather each alone in our solitude. May we embrace this moment in silence, allowing each gentle breath to clear our minds and soothe our weary souls. At moments like these, we try to put aside the daily obstacles, the headaches and the irritations. We lay down our worries and we open ourselves to the pulse of life, the very flow of life. We may carry with us fears and hopes about health or illness, about work or family, about success or failure. And for a moment, we seek to set all that aside too and take this time to nurture our deepest selves. We know that we need one another. But we must keep faith with one another if we are to keep faith with the world, to play our part and to do the work of love. So in this quiet time, when we open ourselves to the depths, May we sense and know the spirit of life and love within us, ever at hand, guiding and sustaining, so that the strength we need and the compassion the world needs will come to us in our times of trial and transformation. Let's take a few quiet moments now to look back over the week just gone and take stock of it all all the everyday cares and concerns of our own lives. And all those concentric circles of concern that ripple outwards through our communities till they enfold the entire world and all those lives which ultimately touch our own. Let's take a while to sit quietly in prayer with all that's on our heart this day. Let us also make some time to notice all the good that's happened in this last week. Moments of uplift and delight. Moments of beauty and pleasure. All those acts of generosity and kindness that we've known. There's a lot to be grateful for. So let's take a little longer to sit quietly in prayer and give thanks for it all.
spirit of life, God of all love. As this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time for another song. Our next hymn is Life is the Greatest Gift of All. For those of you here at the church, it's on the little hymn sheet in your order of service. For those joining via Zoom, the words will be on screen as usual. Sit or stand as you prefer as we sing up Life's Great Gift. Simple pleasures. Simple pleasures is a topic that seems to be becoming more and more popular nowadays. My theory is part of the interest is the concern people have that our lives seem to be ever more pressurised and commercialised. As I write this, shops have already started their Christmas sales campaigns. But also, the current economic climate and general tightening of belts is making people think more but enjoyable activities that they can do for free. Oddly enough, not long after Jane asked if anyone would be willing to write something about their simple pleasures, I read a newspaper article on tips for couples on how to have a cheap date night. Apparently, the quest for this has caused charity shops to run out of their stocks of old board games, which I must admit did make me laugh. Although playing a game of Cluedo or Boggle or going to a quiz night with your family or friends is one of my simple pleasures, I have to admit. I realised when I started listing my simple pleasures that a few of them are linked to nature, such as watching the tree outside my house while we're lying in bed. I especially like watching it in the autumn when the leaves turn from green to gold and scarlet 
and orange berries cluster on the branches, a lovely contrast to the blue sky. Or watching the cycles of the moon from a sliver of a white crescent through the shimmering globe of the full moon in the black night sky. Or a walk along the seaside, whether on the beach or on the promenade, smelling the ozone, feeling the wind whip your hair around, watching the white froth of the waves and listening to the harsh cry of the seagulls. In the southeast of England, I did used to like picking up pebbles from the beach, but I now understand that this is a bad thing and not to be indulged in anymore. Another simple pleasure is that of reading a favourite novel that I've read many times before, but knowing that I would enjoy reading it once again. I've read Pride and Prejudice many times, but it never fails to entertain me or take me to another world. And at the moment, when life is quite stressful due to an overrunning building project at my home, I find that taking a long soak in a warm bath really helps reduce my stress levels. I also think that simple pleasures help to keep me from becoming too despondent and helps to shore me up against the cruelty and sadness of the world and stops me falling into cynicism or despair. Thanks, Liz. I wanted to follow up on Liz's reflection by acknowledging that for some of us, there might be a little bit of internal tension that gets in the way of us enjoying life's simple pleasures. I mentioned earlier on that the motivation behind this service topic was that life is so hard for so many. The news is so relentlessly grim. It seemed like a good moment to remind ourselves of all the little sources of uplift and comfort and consolation that are often still available to us, even in the times when everything seems to be falling down around us. But sometimes I find myself thinking, and even if it's only a little fraction of my brain or a barely conscious feeling, I find myself thinking something like, I shouldn't really be indulging in such frivolous things while all this terrible stuff is going on in the world. Whatever the specifics of the latest terrible stuff happened to be. The thought behind this thought is that there's so much work to be done, so much injustice to be fought, so many people who need care and help. Maybe I should be giving more of my attention to these pressing needs rather than my own little pleasures. There have definitely been times in my life when I've had a sense, even if it's only temporary, that it's somehow indecent or improper to be enjoying myself quite so much when everyone's suffering. Now, those thoughts are not entirely without merit. It's a tug from the conscience reminding us to keep a balance, not to turn away from life's harsh realities and just go into ourselves. But I put a quote from Frederick Buchner on the front of today's order of service and, and the words are in the full text of the service, which you can get on the website if you're watching this at home. These quotes from uh, Frederick Buchner, I think, puts that in perspective a little bit. He says, the world is full of suffering indeed. And to turn our backs on it is to work a terrible unkindness, maybe almost more on ourselves than on the world. But life indeed is also to be enjoyed. I suspect that may even be the whole point of it. Words from Frederick Buchner. So my intention with my mini reflection is almost to give out a permission slip addressed to myself and anyone else who feels the slightest qualm about making time and space in their lives for pleasure. We are still allowed to enjoy ourselves. Those of us who are activists in any sense 
those who are concerned with making the world a better place, standing up against the myriad injustices that we're all too painfully aware of. Let's also be aware that activist burnout is a thing and that we need, we all need to step back and recharge on a regular basis for any sort of activism to be sustainable anyway. Even if we can only manage micro moments of pleasure in our days, sitting quietly at the back door or on our balcony with a nice cup of tea, or letting our hair down and dancing around the front room to the hits of the 80s. Those sort of pleasures are a vital part of what a balanced life is all about, and we mustn't deny ourselves that. I wonder if any of you have read Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown. I won't be sharing some of the more juicy aspects of that in the service this morning. I'll leave that for your own research. But I wanted to close this mini reflection with some of her wise words. She writes, Pleasure reminds us to enjoy being alive and on purpose. Pleasure, embodied, connected pleasure, is one of the ways we know when we are free, that we are always free, that we always have the power to co-create the world. Pleasure helps us move through the times that are unfair, through grief and loneliness, through the terror of genocide, or just days when the demands are overwhelming. Pleasure heals the places where our hearts and spirit get wounded. Pleasure reminds us that even in the dark, we are alive. Pleasure is a medicine for the suffering that is absolutely promised in life. Pleasure is the point. Feeling good is not frivolous. It is freedom. Words from Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown. So let's take those thoughts into a time of meditation. I'm simply going to repeat some of those thoughts from Adrienne Marie Brown and invite you to spend some time reflecting on the sources of pleasure in your own life. This will take us into a few minutes of shared silence and stillness. That'll end with the sound of a bell. And then we'll hear an unfamiliar arrangement of a familiar tune from Sandra as our musical interlude today. So again, let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable. Might, put, might want to put down anything you don't need to be holding so that you can really ground and center yourself. You might want to put your feet on the floor. You might want to close your eyes. And as I always say, the words and the silence and the music, they're an offering. It's a time for you to meditate in the way that works best for you. Adrienne Marie Brown reminds us, Pleasure helps us move through the times that are unfair, through grief and loneliness, through the terror of genocide, or just days when the demands are overwhelming. Pleasure heals the places where our heart and spirit get wounded. Pleasure reminds us that even in the dark, we are alive. So as we move into a few moments of shared stillness now, I invite you to consider the sources of pleasure in your own lives and to imagine ways in which you might make more space for pleasure in the days to come.
Thanks, Sandra. Thanks especially for my for your patience with my outlandish music request. This reading by Unitarian Universalist Minister Erica Hewitt begins with a tweet by someone called Mr. Cooper, who back in 2018 wrote this. He tweeted, could we, without relentlessly criticising let people have their pumpkin spice, their avocado toast, and their fandoms, their Dungeons and Dragons, 
and their up to early Halloween decorations on whatever little harmless things in which they've managed to find a tiny shriveled flower of joy. Erica Hewitt continues, today about 300,000 people have liked this tweet and I did too. I'm all in favour of letting people have their tiny shriveled flower of joy, what I imagine as small hearth, hearth fires that we each build to keep our spirits warm in a cold world. What a surprise, it didn't take the Twitterverse long to pile on Mr Cooper, first for spelling avocado wrong. He patiently thanked his critics for helping me to know that I've made a mistake, declining to point out the irony in his suffering, the very type of relentless criticism whose moratorium he'd been pleading for. He followed up with a tweet saying, we're all just trying to survive. Who among us doesn't know that critique and criticism and that sort of assessment are norms of our culture nowadays. I'm not talking about affectionate teasing between friends. I mean, withering comments and performative boredom, looking for an audience. Oh, is the sports ball on? Asks one person, knowing that their friends are thrilled by the sport that's going on. Or, you can't listen to Christmas music yet, moans another as some of us are already weighing up when to put up our light up Christmas llamas. Uh, the, the author of this piece, Erica Hewitt says, yes, you read that correctly. I have two light up Christmas llamas. Their names are Biff and Nesta. It makes us feel powerful to be in the judge's seat, I suppose. And some of us are wired to be the outlier, the naysayer. But there are days when the culture of knee jerk critique makes me sad. I noticed lately that I hold my small harmless pleasures close, lest an online friend spit into the small half fire that I've tended into a reliable source of warmth. I'm trying to practice aggressive non-judgment about how you, me and all of us choose to warm ourselves. Who cares if your harmless pleasure bores or disinterests me? We're all imperfect and the world can be such a barbed place. We're also merciful or can be. We can be cheerleaders for simple joys, even when we don't share them. And we can be compassionate about the fact that we're all just trying to survive. Erica Hewitt concludes with a few prayerful words. Love who holds us all. On some days, this earthly existence is hard. Thank you for our capacity to be comforted, dazzled, and delighted by harmless pleasures and small joys and help us keep faith with the 11th commandment thou shalt not yuck someone else's yum amen so we're going to hear three more mini reflections now on simple pleasures via video uh, Teresa, who's actually here will tell us about exploring the city of london and its history uh, matthew from the brighton congregation We'll speak about the pleasure of making music and we'll hear a little bit of the music he makes and Marianne who's also here in two places at once it's a miracle uh, Marianne will close with thoughts on the joy found in her garden including a poem about the garden's pleasures in summer good morning my simple pleasure is about exploring the original city of London it all started off pretty innocently using Google Maps. I learned that there are turquoise icons that will pop up. 
These show you places of cultural or historic relevance. And in quiet times, I would start investigating the turquoise icons on my phone. And then as I became intrigued, I would save them. One day I went near the Barbican to find a Banksy that was inspired by a Basquiat exhibition that had been at the Barbican. I was so intrigued that I had been walking by this and had never looked up once to notice. And that started. Then many a Saturday, I would meet a friend of mine at Liverpool Street. And if the weather was good, we would wander and walk and talk. And we started noticing churches and reading their bios. And then I started going without my friend because I would spend so long just wandering around without a plan. I enjoy walking around the city on the weekends, looking at the architectural features, like the carvings of lion heads and cherubs. The more I walked around, the more I started to get interested in what had happened in all these alleys and interesting twisting roads. Next was talking, taking a walking tour and hoping to get some answers to my nerdy questions about what I was seeing. That walk got me even more interested in the history of the city. But it was a visit to the Museum of London where I really started to ask questions. Questions like, why is Moorgate called Moorgate? Was there a settlement of Moors here? After all, an African Roman general had founded Londinium. So I was intrigued. Intrigued. Just for the record, it was named Moorgate because there were muddy fields and not because of Moors. But I didn't know that at the time. And it was the spark that got me to continue around the city, finding the sites of other Roman and medieval um, gates, the original gates of the city of London. And once I did that walk of the gates, I found a real passion for wandering and learning more about the incredible tidbits each time. Now when I have some time at the weekends and the weather permitting, I love to just take myself back to the city, wander and wonder and explore this incredible place that we call home. Here's the video of a portion of the original Roman, which became medieval. London's wall just across from Tower and still here. It's fantastic being able to actually see these things in real time. Be able to see the materials and that it's all juxtaposed with <laughs> the traffic, cars and people just moving right around it. And here's a piece of the, the gate that was here. It's a, it's a medieval gate. And it's here just in front of the tower. Hi, I'm Matthew and uh, making music is a simple pleasure uh, that I really enjoy. Uh, whether it's on my own, it can be a really meditative experience, uh, a great creative outlet, or if it's with others, it's a great means of connecting, of 
creating a sound that's bigger than ourselves individually. Um, it's fantastic as part of my group to play tunes that we played for perhaps many years and that can be hundreds of years old. There's a great pleasure in that alone. Um, so I'd really recommend thinking about um, making some music in whatever way, whether it's uh, learning an instrument or singing, which can be hugely um, therapeutic in all sorts of ways. So that's my simple pleasure. Small pleasures. When I first saw my garden many years ago, it was the month of May and every bush was in bloom. It was raining a little and the scent of flowers was overwhelming. That had to be my garden. The house had been owned by an Italian gentleman and he had designed it as a formal garden with cypresses and roses. Gradually the cypresses went as they looked too funeral for me and the roses are still here today. Under my gentle nudges, the garden is now more bohemian style and the result of many irresistible visits to garden centers and swaps with friends and neighbors. Today it teems with wildlife of all kinds, birds, frogs, insects, worms, squirrels, and foxes under the tall pine tree. My daughter's Wendy house now holds large bags of sunflower seeds for winter. The garden is labor intensive, but I wouldn't have it any other way, and it lifts me up as soon as I open the curtains. I cannot imagine living without its smells, noises, and all the shades of green it plays with. Last but not least, it is home to our terrible two, Poppy, Three Bells, and Teddy Bishpoo.
Their endless demands and frolics occupy much of the day and provide endless little pleasures all day long. The garden is a source of much inspiration to me. And here's a poem I wrote this summer entitled, As It Happens in the Garden. The heat has reached 30 degrees Celsius. Under the sycamore, the bottom of the garden is lunar parched. Rain cannot filter through. Nearer where I sit with my blank sheet of paper, the rose tree is pushing a second flush of buds. It's too early for plops pops from the tiny pond. Something's amiss. The parakeets are in full voice, squawking, cawing with crows above, competing with a grinding road digger in the distance. Ah, there you are, my blackbird. Where were you those last few days? I missed your call and called you. But the Buddha, faithful to himself, said nothing, his smug stony face oozing serenity on its pedestal. Poppy Cat and her nine bells catnap under the table. A smell of dry grass invites itself to the scene. My neighbor gets her watering can out. I know that familiar sound as it fills with water. A rumble of gurgles, trickles and splashes. Oh, a white butterfly. Thank you for coming by. And a bee. A wasp? No, it's a bee. I admire her courage when so heavily laden. She still scoffs more of my flowers, flowers pollen, more of what we need to keep it all going. At the back, the wildflowers patch is a mismatch, a mess to live with until autumn, when seeds will safely be buried away from hungry beaks. The sun is too strong on my white page. I can barely read my nose, scribbled hastily. I go back inside where the washing machine mumbles left, mumbles right, before all hell is let loose with the last cycle's mini earthquake. Time to ignore what needs to be done. I have a poem to write before tonight's deadline. So thanks to Marianne and Matthew and Therese for your contributions. Sorry we had a small technical hitch during Marianne's video. All the videos will be on the uh, church website by later today. And I noticed there were some queries on, on Zoom about um, Matthew's band. Uh, that tune and several others are all on YouTube, which is where I downloaded it from. So you can always hear more of Skylark later on. One last hymn then. Let us give thanks and praise. It's number 90 in your purple hymn books, and the words will be back up on your screen. Again, sit or stand as you feel able, and let's sing up, give thanks and praise.
Just a few announcements now. Thanks again to all our contributors, to Liz, to Marianne, to Teresa, to Matthew. Thanks to Ramona for tech hosting and Janine for hosting at home. Thanks to Sandra for our wonderful music. For those of you that are here at the church in person, Patricia will be serving coffee, tea, biscuits and cake in the hall. I'm going to confess now, I forgot to put baking powder in the cake this week, so it might be a bit on the heavy side. Um, thanks to Patricia for that. Thanks to Marianne for greeting. We're looking for more people to help out with the coffee and the greeting, so please have a word with Marianne or Liz if you could volunteer. It's nice to spread the load around a bit more. There will also be virtual coffee time on Zoom, so stay around to chat with Janine. After the service, for those in person, as I mentioned earlier, Margaret will be leading a Finding Your Voice singing class at 12 o'clock, completely free. She can work miracles even if you think you can't sing. She will help you find your voice. It is a fun and pleasant experience for all, so please do stay around. There are various other small group activities on during the week for you to meet up and get to know each other. Coffee morning online on Wednesday mornings at half ten. And there are still spaces left to sign up for Heart and Soul, which is our online contemplative spiritual gathering. That's about an hour and a half, either on Sunday night or Friday night, to explore a theme and spend a lot of time in a contemplative space, praying and sharing together. It's the best way, really, to get to know people at a deeper level. Uh, this week's theme is belief. So let me know if you want to sign up for that, and I can still send you the link. Next week's hybrid service will be the first one in Advent. How did that happen? And the theme is Be Prepared, so do come along for that. Details of all those activities are on the back of your order of service and also in the Friday email. Looking further ahead, we're going to have our traditional candlelit Christmas Eve service, five o'clock on Christmas Eve, and Heidi has kindly offered to organise a dinner at the Mall Tavern, the pub across the road, after the candlelit service. So if you want to join her, let her know soon so that she can book that up. And looking even further ahead, I'm going to offer an online workshop on New Year's Eve, a mini retreat from 2 to 5 p.m., uh, reflecting on the turning of the year. It'll be a gentle meditative space with a little bit of sharing New Year's Eve on Zoom. Uh, let me know if you want to be involved in that, and I will let you know how to join. Just get it in your diaries for now, and we'll work out the details later. And that's welcome. Anyone's welcome. If any Brightonians want to join us as well, that's open to all. The congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings. We encourage you to keep in touch, look out for each other, do what you can to nurture the supportive connections that we all need. I think that's everything. Just a brief closing words and closing music now. Our gathering ends. May we go forth thankful for the life sustaining and renewing us, receptive to the grace surrounding and surprising us, and attentive to the many gifts and possibilities that surround us along the way. Amen.